Good morning, planet Earth. Good morning to all those crazy people out there making their way someplace on a Sunday, August the 20th, 2023. Almost 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time in the age of Boblimp Doc. And I'm still podcasting from the beautiful Squim Bay State Park. It is wonderful here. The little squirrel is looking for nuts. The little birdies are looking for worms. The human creatures are looking for reasons. Reasons to carry on. Reasons to believe. And here I am. Here I am at a picnic table, sitting here in the park. But where are you? Did you go to Starbucks? Did you get a coffee? Maybe a grande latte? Yes, you got yourself a grande latte. Now you have a grande poop coming on. But you're on the road, traveling, looking for a bathroom before it's too late. Everything's closed. Everything's shut. No place to put your butt. But that's okay too, my friends. So I have a few laundry items to go through. Again, the format and the length of these podcasts is going to be a little different from usual, given the situation, and the situation is what it is. If I have any listeners in the Pacific Northwest, that's Washington State, um, Idaho, Oregon, and even other places as far away as Utah, if I have any listeners out there, who are interested in taking on a border for 500 bucks a month, that's utilities all in, that's internet, electricity, garbage, water, everything. With the addition of doing any chores you might need, I'll mow lawns, I'll clean up, I'll weed, I'll move things for you. My left arm is healed and now it's robotic. That's right, robotic arm. Yeah, if you are out there someplace um, within, let's say, a thousand miles of Seattle, and you are interested in taking somebody into your house, which is risky, and I'm not sure I could do it, if I'd gone down a different path in life and I had myself the six-figure income and the nice little home and a nice little spot, I don't know if I could do it myself. It would be a lie if I said I could. Right now, a lot of people, especially strangers, seem stranger than normal. And when you think about the admonitions in the Bible, and in recent podcasts I've talked about this, you know, be on the lookout for the stranger, the orphan, the widow. It's not so easy dealing with a stranger. You know, some middle-aged dude who, who knows how long he'll live, right? I mean, my dad lived to be about 68, plus or minus, and I truly 
I would consider myself an optimist if at the age of 53 I had another 15 years because to be blunt I don't think it's the end of the world but I think I think reality is going to trump all of the military psychological warfare since 2020. Reality is going to be real. It's not going to be fake. It won't be TikTok videos. In fact, there's a good chance you won't be able to get TikTok at all. You know. But if you're out there and you're willing to take a risk on a human being you've never met, I have a reference, I have two references, my friend Justin and my friend Beth. I'll give you their emails and I'll give you a best number because she gave me permission to do so. And if you need to call somebody and say, is this guy crazy? Is he a problem? You can contact them. Full disclosure, I drink beer. I don't try to drink too much beer, but I do. I also vape marijuana. I use a volcano. It's relatively innocuous compared to smoking, but the fact is, this is something I do. And since I left Utah, I picked up smoking again. Why? Well, in the previous podcast, I said, don't be surprised if you start smoking. I also said, be careful of eating Thai food if you're boondocking, but I never explained that. When you're boondocking, you might not have access to a good place for number two. You might have access for a good place for number one, but not number two. So, like I said, don't eat Thai food if you're boondocking. And as far as your potential border is concerned, I am what I am. I will treat people with respect if, if I can be treated with respect. But this isn't pretend time. This isn't some make-believe Disney cartoon. What we're dealing with right now are the hard facts. And I would love to say, you know, different, but they're just going to get harder. They're going to get more problematic. There have been many times in human history where people have been pushed to the brink. And this is one of those times, I believe. Does it mean it's over? No. But it does mean you might very well live in interesting times, as that old Chinese curse goes. Next topic. I've received some emails from more than one listener about directed energy weapons um, related to the Arctic Circle. I'm going to keep this simple. Many fires around the Arctic Circle haven't really gone out the last five or ten years. They just keep smoldering. They're peat fires, they're methane fires. They just keep burning. You don't need a directed energy weapon. You don't need anarchists or communists. When the fires keep on burning year-round, they simply reignite in the summertime. So maybe they are shooting lasers from space. Maybe a bunch of communists and anarchists with big lighters are wandering around the tundra. But I think Occam's razor tells me that these are fires that are simply not going out. And I think it's easier to choose the lesser catastrophe. Like, well, Dan, it's a bunch of anarchists with laser beams, maybe. Or maybe the simplest explanation is these fires are not going out. They're burning year-round. And as far as bioweapons go, in late 2019, I did a podcast, as I've mentioned before, called The Great Discontinuity. I call it the Boblimtok now because it's less threatening and problematic in many ways. And in The Great Discontinuity, I talk about a bioweapon, but I dismiss it because as someone who studied military science and was trained by the Army, I was told we don't do it, but for practical reasons. You can't control bioweapons. They are uncontrollable. Well, we engineered it, Dan. 
You can engineer life all you want to, but you know, as Jeff Goldblum said in the first Jurassic Park, life finds a way, and life is just a little bit smarter than most of the people around. We think we know things. We think we know the combinatorics of genetics. We think we understand enough, but we don't. So it's simply cheaper, less complicated, less dangerous to do a fake bioweapon, a fake pandemic, than it is to do a real one. Also, Occam's razor. I need to come up with some money to stay in the state park, and the state park is not cheap. You'd think that there are places where people can exist and do so freely, and it's not really true. There are places, there are boondocking locations like Walmart parking lots, but the reality is not every Walmart parking lot is open, like the one in, in Squim, you can go park there and it's pretty nice. The one in Bremerton, they're gonna kick you out. And I don't blame Walmart, and I don't blame the security guard. It's a simple reality of fear. And even though the admonition of, of the Lord is, you know, take care of the stranger, the orphan, and the widow, that's not the United States right now. The United States is survive, and everyone is doing their best to simply survive. So if someone could donate me some money, and I'm not asking that you should, I have some really generous donors who donate a ton, it can buy me a little bit more time in the state park. I'm going to probably check out some Veterans Affairs resources here next week. I don't really want to, but I'm going to because sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Beggars can't be choosers. But if you can donate some cash, however much, it'll buy me an extra day or two maybe. And time right now is worth a lot. Perhaps more than most people know. Last but not least on the laundry list, um, the podcasts I'm going to be doing on this particular journey aren't going to involve the news so much. Several months ago, I told you that the news is mostly garbage and the best you can do as a Sovietologist is remove the contradictions and the outright lies. But what happens when you go through an article in the newspaper with a, with a marker and you remove the contradictions and you remove the lies and there's nothing left? Well, the reality is that's the news right now. A lot of it's just garbage. It provides no useful information. And as I also said in the last year, as of right now in Boblimpdok, all news is local news. It's what you can see with your own eyes. It's what you can hear. It's what you can touch. Hoping that somebody someplace else is going to tell you the truth is a nice idea. Probably not true. Probably not the case. So a lot of what I'm going to be doing on this trip is going to be speaking to those words. Those words I said a few months ago about how maybe we don't talk about the quote-unquote news so much because maybe the quote-unquote news is useless. That's a dark set of lines, isn't it? And you know, I'll do some storytelling like right now. Why not? At least I'm telling you it's crap. There's a green angel named Teresa. She lives not far from Mount Rainier. She lives in the woods 
she harvests mushrooms. Her grandpa, Philip, visits her once in a while, bringing her the forest booty, whatever he can find that's still out there to hunt. He'll bring by the salmon and the flounder. He'll bring by the tumor-ridden trout. He'll bring you food. Bring it to Teresa. She mashes it up and sips it from a cup. Now some say Teresa is a little bit crazy. Others call her lazy because she lives in a hut. She doesn't spend a lot of time worrying about other folks. She eats the slime. She takes her own truck to the store when she can. It runs off of coal and firewood. She has a sailboat named the Rainbow Traveler. She'll take it out on Lake Washington. She'll fish for the things that grow down below. And one day Teresa will know that there is another person out there for her. A strong looking dude, not too rude, not very crude, willing to do what is necessary to make her happy. And he's out there for you, Teresa, if you live near Mount Rainier. Larry the shark and the tree trimmers from Tampa, they're hunting the street. Larry the shark, he eats only meat. He doesn't care where it's from. He doesn't care what it does. He'll grab the meat off the street with his tree trimmers. They look normal enough, but be careful of Larry. You might think that Larry's a friend of yours, but he's not. He sleeps on a cot at night, surrounded by his own set of mosquitoes from Bill and Melinda Gates, giving him the dangy, giving him the Nile, giving him the sleeping sickness. But Larry doesn't sleep, and neither do his tree trimmers. You can tell when they're coming down the road because they're followed by a toad. You can tell when they're coming nearby because everything around you will sigh. And your own life at risk for what it is, it isn't death, it isn't the rest, but you could one day die, you will. And Larry could be your grim reaper. Larry could be your friend at the bitter end. I went bass fishing with Bob in Texas on one of these lakes, kind of fake, near the coast. He never does boast. 
And as we were fishing on this lake near the Gulf of Mexico, a dark thing rose up out of the sea. A dark, musty, smelly thing. It was something to see. All of the waters boiled. All of the waves crashed. There was a tremor in the air. There was a sensible blast. A dark thing rose out of the sea in the Gulf of Mexico as Bob and I went fishing. It was something to see. Space Captain Ted and the alien chiefdoms of Jupiter's upper atmosphere. Space Captain Ted traveled from the Earth to Jupiter about 10 years ago. You don't know about it because you don't need to. He took with him the hookers of Mars. He took with him a golden sword. He took with him a gourd that he shook at night as his ship cruised along, taking flight from planet Boblimdok. Those chieftains of the upper atmosphere of Jupiter live like kings. Every night it's a Singapore sling. They get to sit there and watch as the stars roll by, as Jupiter's gravity pulls in the solar wind. Radiation levels are quite high. You'll be burned from within, but it burns away all of your fear. It burns away all of the beer. And what you're left with is an empty plate a slowing of the gate, and perhaps our good friend Ted is going to move along to a nearby star. Maybe he'll open a restaurant, maybe he'll open a bar, perhaps a hotel on that planet they say called Gliza. He'll marry a star girl called Lisa, and they'll have three kids. A guy named Vern is on the highway, and you need to be careful. You need to be really careful. His name is Vern. He drives a black 1980 Ford Econoline van. There's no windows in the back. All the door handles in the back are taken off, and you can't access them. And there's grated steel between him and whoever's in the back. His name is Vern. If you're traveling the highways someplace out there, baby, be careful of Vern. Vern will tell you he's a friend. Vern will call you his buddy. He'll seem a little nutty, 
and he'll say, hey man, will you help me put that sofa in the back of my van? Be careful of Vern. He seems kind of okay. Some people call him Ray. Mount Horg has become unstable in Sector 56. Mount Horg is dangerous. It looks like it's going to explode. It's a caldera volcano, and the Oog herders live on the slopes of Mount Horg. These Oog herders herd sheep and cattle and alligator. They herd the squirrel and the monkey. They don't know what's coming. But very, very soon, they'll be shot to the moon. And if they're really lucky, they'll link up with a guy named Harry Truman, who got blown into space from Spirit Lake with his 17 cats and his 23 bats, his 1,800 gallons of whiskey, and his 30,000 cans of chili and cat food, because you know, Harry was a good guy. And that's not the president. That's the guy that got blown into space when Mount St. Helens blew up. So he's in a parabolic orbit in his chunk of rock with a little cave. He's got some oxygen. He met an alien along the way, and now his cats are coming back, and those oog herders might link up with him if they're lucky. They might also be burned and destroyed. Who knows? But if you live near Mount Horg, be careful, because that volcano has become unstable. Zane. Zane's a sky pirate. He patrols at 30 miles above the surface of the earth. He has a vacuum ship which uses an envelope, a, a vacuum impermeable envelope utilizing magnets from the inside to create a structure, to create what's called hyperbuoyancy. He discovered a vacuum beyond the standard vacuum called Vacuum 1. And through that, he achieves super buoyancy. And he can travel 30 miles above the surface of the Earth at incredible speed. His ship is really powered by love. His ship's powered by love and beauty and the assumption that somewhere over the horizon, somewhere far beyond, someplace over the curve of the Earth, there's something waiting for him. Maybe it's an advanced air defense system. Maybe it's a directed energy weapon. Maybe it's a hurdy-gurdy, wordy kind of woman who will travel up in her helium or hydrogen balloon. Maybe it'll happen real soon so that our good friend Zane, he can fall in love.
There's a man named Carl who lives nearby your home. You don't know him because you don't really roam. You don't care to know your neighbors. That's a little dangerous. There's a man named Carl, and he's moving at a fast clip. He's not as hip as you. He doesn't have all the music. He doesn't have all the frames. He doesn't have all the acclaim or the clothing, but he's there, and he's not far from where you live. His people, his, his group of people, they're not far behind him because Carl's a pathfinder. He's looking for a place to sojourn. And on Planet Bo Blimp Dock, you try to find a square foot that it, somebody isn't going to tax you for standing on. You try to find a square foot where somebody isn't going to look at you kind of weird. You try to find a square foot on Planet Bo Blimp Dock where you can be allowed to exist like any other living thing. Good luck with that. Because you, like me, are a hairless monkey. And Carl knows this too. And hairless monkeys can pretend ethics and principles, but... Most of them are guided by their basest desires. Be careful of Carl. But if you find Carl, understand he's the tip of the iceberg. And Carl, he's G-rated. What's coming to your neighborhood, wherever you are, it's PG-13 or R. Devin is hooking off of Lake City Way. Devin is hooking, and yeah, he's gay. He's looking for any kind of dude to hook up, to show up, to make his 40 bucks a night. He's looking for a fast time Terry, or his dark night, his paladin, so one day he can win. He gets in the fights on the streets of Lake City Way. He talks about walking across the forbidden zones of Maple Leaf to get to Aurora, maybe Roosevelt, to get up there near the U District in Seattle, to find the gold of all the freaks who seek after a kind of fake knowledge that you get at Odegaard Library. Devin doesn't threaten you. Devin lives a hard life. Through all the strife and all the pain, he doesn't go insane, he doesn't give up on himself, but to be honest with you, Devin's at the end of his ropes. So if you see Devin out there, don't bother him, no molestar, leave him alone. Devin doesn't want to take what you own. What he wants, as I said before, is to find a little square foot of this earth he can stand on. And it turns out that costs a buck twenty-five an hour. Ned is a mountain man stuck in the muck. He's being chased by beavers and cleavers and old stale cougar flesh. His time has come as time comes for everybody. Ned is strong. He has a hawking rifle of 57 caliber black powder, just like, you know, Jeremiah Johnson or something like that. Jim Bridger, you know the guys.
Ned lives up in the mountains of the Cascades. He drinks the fresh water. He eats what he can. He harvests what he can from the woods. He gathers. He knows what he's doing. Devin will collect the blueberries and the strawberries. He'll collect what he can and what he needs to in this world where he is. But our good friend Ned, Ned's in trouble. And now his time is running out. And he's facing that point in the story where you have to ask yourself what happens next. And guess what? Nobody knows except God. So if you see Ned or Devin or Zane, if you see Vern, if you see the Oog Herders or any other of these freaks I've talked about, including Teresa, they're not necessarily all bad people. But they are bad people at the edge. And barring any principles or moral compass, bad people, excuse me, good people at the edge can seem like bad people. They can seem like dangerous people. They might just be like you. In fact, they might be ahead of the curve. They might simply be further down the road. So if you see these folks, think of them as harbingers. Think of them as a crow that shows up on your tree. Think of them as something, almost an omen. And hopefully it's good luck for you and me. So my friends out there, as I said, these podcasts are going to be about 30 minutes as I'm on the road. And maybe that's better. Um, I'm probably not going to cover the news, whatever, as I said, the news is. It's pretty much all ironic now or just total crap. And my advice to everybody out there is keep an eye out. They'll tell you one thing. Maybe it'll be another thing. And perhaps your best source of information as of now and probably as of March 2020, perhaps your best source of information is your knowledge, your logic, your ability to reason about the world. That's the news. The news is local. The news is personal. The news is about you and your community. Who knows what's on the particular sources of news and who actually cares? But maybe now's the time to get to know where you are, to take a knee, to take a sense of your surroundings, and understand, as I have learned in recent days, that whatever you think is solid might not be. Whatever you consider permanent might not be. And many things, like a frozen mammoth from 12,000 years ago, maybe a Russian scientist could have cut off a haunch a hundred years ago and had themselves a 12,000 year mammoth steak but I wouldn't eat the rotting corpse now baby
It is almost 10.30 a.m. on Sunday, August the 20th, 2023. And if you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it, great. Um, As I stated at the beginning, it's not cheap to be anywhere right now, just about anywhere, any sidewalk, any national park or national forest, you're going to pay a fee. You know, it's funny, when I was living in Utah, you could drive by these BLM lands, and that's not... Black Lives Matter, that's Bureau of Land Management. Isn't that funny? Yeah, you could drive past these BLM lands and they'd have little signs saying, these are your public lands. (laughs) That's ironic. Because they're really not. Even though the sign says, these are your public lands, if you went on to them and lived there and you didn't pay the fee, you didn't pay the tax, you would be in the same boat as any other hobo wandering the streets. But if you enjoy this podcast, you can donate to it. In the notes, there's a link to PayPal. Donate as much or as little as you want to. Zero is appropriate. It's why I don't have a paywall. It's why I don't ask for money up front. Before you donate to a random person on the internet, here's some good advice. Take care of your food, your water, your shelter. First, if you're setting aside a little extra food for your family and you have a pet, make sure you're thinking about your pet unless you just don't care. If there are people in your life that need help, help them first. It's kind of like the airplane. You know when they say, put on your oxygen mask first? Well, that's good advice. And then if you've got, gotten done with that, think about the people in your neighborhood, in your community. Because like I said, I can't speak to charities, and I certainly can't speak to other organizations. But you've got your own eyes, your own ears, your own brain. And you can get to know the people around you, even your own family. There might be somebody in your family right now who's too proud to ask for help. So before you give a random dude on the internet any of your money, look out for people around you. And understand that as crazy as things are, especially with what, Zane and Ted out there in the upper atmosphere and outer space with Teresa around Mount Rainier, and boy, stay away from Vern, As crazy as things are, it's not the end of the world. Life continues. I've said this since my podcast began. If you lived in the 14th century, especially the middle of the 14th century, you might have said to yourself, it's the end, but it wasn't. About 100 years later, it was the Renaissance. And yeah, a lot of people died in the 14th century, but life continued. So before you give some random dude any of your money on the internet, here's some good advice. Take some time now, while you can, as normal as things are, and enjoy life without harming others, without harming yourself, but enjoy the fact that this world still is kind of functioning. You can take your girlfriend to a restaurant. You can take your wife on a trip. You can do a lot of things right now, and I cannot speak to a year from now. So before you give a random dude on the internet any of your hard-earned money consider the possibility of giving yourself a break taking a day off I don't mean a day off in the sense of quitting your job I mean a day off in the sense of 
If it's Saturday or Sunday and you have the day off and all your chores are done, go do something that makes you happy. Because no matter the age or the time, everybody dies. Everyone. Throughout time, it's just a thing. I know that post-World War II, we've been lulled into believing that some of us will live forever. I think Ray Kurzweil thinks he'll live forever. I'll let you on a little secret. Nobody's living forever, not, not in the physical sense. If you're a Christian like me, that's another story. But in the Ray Kurzweil sense, he will die one day. Not out of malice, not out of any dark conceit, but Ray is a human being, and so are you, and so are me. And eventually, every single creature, every civilization, it dies. But as a result of that, there is a future. There is a new world, a new possibility. And if this is the Christian epic, and I don't know, then that's its own story, and still not the end of the world. So like I said, before you give an old hobo your money, consider paying yourself. But if you've done all this, especially if you're some Texas billionaire, and you want to give me a million bucks, I'm not going to turn it down. I'm not going to turn it down, baby. Watch out for yourself. Watch out for the people you love. It's not the end of the world, but things are crazy. And so far, as I've said, most of it's been fake crazy. Manipulation. Gaslighting military psychological warfare. Since 2022, we've been in what I've called the brief intermission, and the intermission will be over soon. And at some point in the near future, what comes after the intermission, when that little light comes on, you're in the ante room or the four room or whatever they call that room where they serve drinks at the theater. You're in that room drinking your drink and you see the light comes on because the final act, the third act, is about to play. What is coming won't be fake. It'll be quite real, but also not the end of the world. So for Sunday, August the 20th, 2023, Bo Blimp Doc, find some joy today. If you're a Christian, go attend your church. If you haven't in a while, it's not a bad idea, especially if that minister is a minister that speaks to your heart. If you're not a Christian, do something that will make you happy today. Find peace. Find understanding. Find whatever it is you're looking for while you can. Because no matter what age you live in, the clock runs out on everybody. Have a great Sunday.